This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing everything in life is a bell curve. Mike, if we go back to our high school days, we'll remember the concept of the bell curve. And it was it was really simple back then. We didn't know too much about it. All we knew was that, you know, if marks on a particular exam were too high, they then they would uh, lower the mark and they would lower everyone equally. And if the marks were too low, they would go the other way. And, and so your mark may go up and, or down based on the bell curve. And essentially the logic behind it is that most people are going to be in the middle, in the middle of the, the curve. And that's where, you know, most events, most people, whatever it is, are going to be in there. But there's always those outliers that are on the, to the left of it and to the right of it. And I, I think today what I wanted to just do is explore the bell curve in a little more detail because I'm amazed how much impact it actually has on our life. Everything seems to be related to it. So I actually went and used some AI to help me with some of these answers. And I, I went to chat and I asked it, what are things in the world that follow a normal bell curve distribution? In other words, where the majority of people are in the middle. And then as you slowly go down the outsides of that curve, the number of people or the number of events or whatever fall off. And on either end of the scale, there are extreme events on either side. So, Mike, give us some things in life that are a normal distribution. The first one, unfortunately, I'm on the wrong side of its height. <laughs> so your average purse is probably about five foot nine, five foot ten. But if you go see a Raptors game, you're going to see a lot different than that, right? If you go to a Raptors game, there is a normal distribution where the height is definitely shifted a bit to the right side of the curve. Yeah. People at a Raptors game, on average, are taller than people at a Leaf game. Yep. IQ scores. So that basically goes to human intelligence. I think we can all speak to that. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there's obviously some people that are at the extreme end of that scale. You know, the Albert Einsteins in the world that are absolutely brilliant. And there's people on the other end of the scale as well. And most people fall somewhere in the middle. Exam scores, what we learned in high school. Another one. It's a bell curve. What else? What are some other interesting ones, Mike? So medical tests, when you look at blood pressure, your blood pressure is never exact. It's it's a range. And there's, uh, there's an area that's considered normal. And there's areas that are outside normal. But again, it's based on a bell curve. So some people would have normally higher blood pressure. Some people have extremely higher blood pressure. And then there's others that have extremely low blood pressure on the other side. What else? Aptitude test scores. And again, that's sort of an IQ type of idea where they're always in a normal distribution, even ages of a population. So when you look at the US, you look at China, you look at India and all these areas, the bell curve is gonna be in different areas for these different countries but they're still gonna follow that, that distribution. We watch the baby boomers as being the majority of, of uh, North American uh, population, and they're gonna fall in that, right in the center of that bell curve. 
sports performance. There's amazing athletes in the world. There's, you know, the Kobe Bryant's, LeBron James, uh, Connor McDavid, Pele, you name it, you name it. There's amazing athletes. On the other side of the scale, there's some people that cannot throw a ball. And athletics are so unique because you can identify how hard it is to be on that positive side of the bell curve. If you look at things like, I forget when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, uh, which seemed like this massive barrier, but it hasn't come down that much since then. I think it's at like 358 or something, but think of how long it took to get there and how many few people actually go over that, that, that point. So whenever you look at those tails on those bell curves, they're unique individuals. Here's some others that I thought were pretty interesting. Reaction times. So the reaction times of individuals, how fast they can move. Uh, income levels, another bell curve. There's an average income, there's some really low incomes, and there's some ridiculously high incomes. Heart rate, another one. Test scores on SAT scores. If you did a big enough population, you throw them all in, it's a bell curve. Body temperature. Once again, some people run hot, some people run cold. We know what the average is, and you know you always could go do get your temperature checked and see where you're doing. But it's always, there's extremes to that. Noise levels, most of it falls in a normal range. Again, there's extremes, there's low end of noise levels. Uh, supposedly, I can't hear some of the low end of noise anymore. Yep. The time taken to complete tasks. You can assign the exact same task to 10 different people, and there's gonna be a bell curve variance. Most people will get it done on an average amount of time, but there's some people who are gonna get it done 20% less time and 20% more. Prices of goods in the market follow a bell curve. So same good, same time. You can go to a whole bunch of different locations and the price is completely different. Yep. At the average location, you're going to find the prices. We, we know if we go to a Walmart, that price is going to be on the lower end of the scale. Even for the same good, if we go to a Costco, it's going to be on the lower end of the scale. You just have to buy ten times as much. Yeah. Even you go to things like weight, you know, you know, there's going to be a bell curve that dictates what where, where people's weights stand, testosterone levels in men, mathematical abilities in people, even facial attractive ratings. There is you're going to be in the normal curve. You're going to be one side or the other side. I hope to stay in the normal. <laughs> I guess in the course of your lifetime, you could shift from one end to the other. Yeah, I think I'm going the wrong way. Right? Those are all those pictures we see in the magazines. Can you believe what so-and-so looks like now? Yeah. Probably not fair. So let's tie this into the financial world. Something you and I, you know, we, we live with it every day. We discuss it with clients every day. What are some of the bell curves that exist in the financial world, Mike? Stock returns are one of the most obvious stock returns always fall a, a bell curve. And we can see they're normalized around, you know, whatever we say the return will be, they get a, a normalized distribution around that. And there's gonna be some odd years. There's gonna be the 1929s on the poor side of things. There's gonna be the, the or sorry, the uh, 1929s on the poor side of things. There's gonna be the 1999 on the high side of things on those stock markets. But when you look at the average, most will fall in that, let's say 90 percentile of most uh, returns. That also applies to index returns. You know, if you look at the historical index returns on the S&P 500, it follows a bell curve. And there's a bit of a difference, and I'm gonna talk about that a little later, 
Interest rate changes in interest rates or yield changes on bonds are frequently modeled using a normal distribution. Yeah, the funny thing is right now, our interest rates are not far off the normal distribution. They were before. Like We were on the low end of the scale. We were on the low end of the scale. They were close to zero. So we we're off the scale for a long period of time. It's almost a reversion to the mean. They got back to normal. We hear a lot that we have to get used to higher interest rates. Volatility. How much investments fluctuate? Stock returns, real estate, you name it. Anything that has volatility in it typically follows a normal distribution. Asset prices. So regardless, whether it's commodities, anything, there's a normal distribution. Credit scores. So someone's credit score, if you took a population of a, a million people, you'd see a, a huge range of credit scores. There'd be some that are absolutely horrible. There'd be some that are, you know, close to 100. And most people would fall right in the middle. On the more complex side of things, even option prices, they follow a uh, normal distribution. Market trading volumes, the, the amount of volume going through every day on trades, again, that's going to fall within a normal distribution. So what do we see in our practice where this actually plays a role? And, you know, I came up with four that, that struck me. And I'm going to start with the first one. Client risk profiles. We have been using a tool called Finometrica for over 15 years. And what's been interesting is we can get the historical data on every person who's done that survey across the world. And we can also look at it for our clients as well. And the average score is 50, right in the middle of the bell curve. And there are equally as many people to the right of the bell curve as there are to the left. And there's some that are extreme on both, both tails. In our history of using that, uh, again, it's a scale between zero and 100. I think the lowest I've ever seen is a 15, and the highest would have been around an 85. So again, in our client base, we've probably done that at least a 1,000 times with people. That's what our experience has been. What's interesting about it is the average score being 50, our clients are pretty close to that, but the advisor can have a little bit of an influence on that. And so our average client score is actually about 53, and that's because we have a bias towards equities and taking a little bit more risk. And that's why it's shifted a tiny bit to the right, but it's still a bell curve. The next one, Mike, would be savers and spenders, one of your favorite. Um, if we look across our client base, our best clients who have accumulated the most wealth, who probably have the best returns are the savers. Savers. And the clients who have the lowest returns and have accumulated the least amount of wealth? Our spenders. So it's the saver-spender bell curve. And most people are in the middle. They do a pretty good job of saving and spending at the same time. And the economy relies on the spenders yeah. <laughs> to, to keep growing. But the reality is, is we have equally as many spenders as savers. I always have people come in and say, I saw a Ferrari in your parking lot. I said, no, that's for Starbucks, not us. <laughs> Our clients don't drive Ferraris. Returns on investment portfolios. And this all ties back to stock markets and, and stock market indices and so on. But if you take a 10-year period, and let's say the expected return for a portfolio over 10 years is 6%. 
if you actually look at the data and go back over 150 years, they're about 50% of the 10-year returns that were below 6%, and there's about 50% that were above 10%. And then there's some extreme periods on either side of that where the returns were 20% over 10 years and other extremes where they were completely flat or negative over 10 years. The key is when you understand how these distributions work, there aren't that many surprises because they're all part of the distribution, right? It, it, people get shocked when you go through a bad year. Am I shocked when I went to a Raptor game? Oh my God, that guy's seven feet tall. No, it's going to happen, right? It, it's part of the distribution. So I started doing a little deeper dive into why does this normal distribution occur? And it, they called it, it's got a couple names, a normal distribution, a bell curve, a Gaussian distribution. And the fundamental concept in statistics states that the distribution of the sum or average of a large number of independent, identically distributed random variables approaches a normal distribution. Now that's pretty complicated. Um, what it tends to mean, if there's a lot of complexity and interaction of a ton of variables, you tend to end up with a normal distribution. So the more variables, you know, the bigger the human population, the more stock market returns. And, and we looked at a bunch that are related around humans, weight, height, sports performance, uh, heart rate, all of those things. We've got a massive population with massive numbers of variables impacting all those things. Which country are you born? Your family heritage. And distributions, remember, there, there's not a standard on how they work. There can be wide distributions and, and you know, narrow distributions. There's still distributions. If I talk to you about, we talked about height, right? It would be a pretty wide distribution of height. If I said the average person has 10 fingers, there'll be a distribution around that. You know, some people were born with 11 fingers. Some people were born with nine. But it's going to be a very narrow distribution, right? Because the majority of people have 10 fingers. But there is still going to be a distribution around that. So it, it always goes, it But not necessarily a normal distribution. Not necessarily normal distribution, but it would still follow that type of uh, a curve to it. Some people have one finger, you know, so it would just be a very limited amount. So we find these distributions uh, with this massive data on markets tend to go very wide. So they give us a, a big, uh, you know, a, a large amount of different outcomes inside of there. So in day-to-day -day practice, here's some of the things that I think are interesting. One, if we look at stock returns, historically looking back 100 years, 50 years, whatever you, how much research you want to do, they definitely follow a normal distribution. But there's a difference. It's not from around zero. So there's not 50% of stock returns below zero, 50% above. It's actually at around 10%. So the bell curve is shifted to the right by 10. And that, that's why we're such a big believer in stock because on average, over time, you're going to average 10% from your stock returns. And that, that data goes back well over 100 years. Number two is when we get a market correction and we believe in the normal <laughs> distribution, we know it's an outlier and we know it's probably not going to happen again very quickly. And it's, a, it, it's going to happen, and we're, we're probably going to get an equal one on the other side that's going to be a huge return, and it probably is going to happen in pretty close proximity to the other one. Again, it's as if we went to 
a Raptor game and we all of a sudden assume that everyone's taller. It, it's not the case, but we saw, you know, it's if you went into see the Wizard of Oz uh, <laughs> uh, uh, show, you'd think everyone's shorter, right? So it's it, it doesn't affect the distribution. It's just you're seeing one of those points on the outside of the distribution. Same with market returns. All of a sudden we run into a bad year. It hasn't moved the distribution. It's no longer like we're going to get negative rates return. It's still going to be based around whatever that number is. Let's say it's a 10% number. This is just one of those points on the left side of it. Next is every client we deal with is very different. Some are extremely aggressive. Some are conservative. And that's perfectly okay. That is, that is the human beings that we deal with. And what that also means is based on that, clients are going to experience very different market returns. And it's always tough when family starts comparing their returns to other family members or to friends, especially over the holidays. You know, it was just U.S. Thanksgiving this week and we're headed into the holiday season soon. There's going to be lots of discussion about rates of return. On average, most people within your family are probably going to be in the middle in terms of returns. There might be a couple of outliers on the, on the bottom end and on the top end. That is normal. That's what a normal distribution is all about. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.